rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8.09 a.m. and it is Friday, July 31st. 2020. It's a nice day outside, and it's a nice day inside. We're doing things with the lighting, but you guys can't see that. Um, You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and I'm joined in the studio today with some great people, wonderful minds, and a part two for one of our sisters. So I'm with Sandra Gonzalez of the Aurora Rapid Response Team. All right. With Joanna Sanchez. Right with the uh, sideline project. Uh, <laughs> I'm also with the sideline project now. Okay, so yes. double head. Uh, <laughs> right, bring it back. Bring it back. And I'm with my friend and co-host Christine on the mic. Yeah. Good uh, morning. Okay. All right. Our claps are live until we get the clap button. Y'all know how we do it. Or the snaps. Or the snaps. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh, that has a, right, on the mic, that's a good sound right there. Yeah. We might have to change it to snaps. We might just do that. <laughs> All right, so got. Um, we're going to get into a wonderful interview today. We're going to learn um, from the firsthand experiences of one of our members uh, of our undocumented community. Um, now, besides that, we have news for you and very important stuff to talk about today and need you guys to take actionable information with you. Uh, vote. Register yourself to vote. If you are listening to this show, you most likely have registered to vote, and you do vote, because you're woke. If you, you know? can. If you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can, right. Had to throw that in there as well. Um, if you can, make sure that you are able to, if you need someone to take you to the polls, whatever the case may be, uh, please vote, and please get registered to vote. Oh, dang, I didn't know that was my bad, y'all. All right, today, <laughs> in Lakemore, Illinois, Michael Rawls is playing at Grandma's Wine Bar. Shout out to Michael Rawls. Uh, This country, Americana, and blues artist will also be playing at McCarty Mills this Sunday, August 2nd at noon for Sunday brunch. So shout out to McCarty Mills and shout out to Michael Rawls. And if you go there for the brunch on Sunday, you got to get the breakfast pizza, have a beer mosa or two. It's like noon, so don't have too many. You know, I'm not telling you to get wasted at noon on Sunday, but do that. It's a nice place, and shout out to them. The third mm-hmm. annual dedicated Sons LEMC charity motorcycle ride will be on August 15th. This ride will benefit Operation Warrior Wishes. Registration is at 10 a.m. at Aurora Tap House, which is right next door to us at the corner of Lake and Downer. Kickstands go up at 11 a.m., and for more information and questions, you can contact Dedicated sons at gmail.com. Um, Beyond the Walls, an exhibition of graffiti, street art, and beyond, Friday, August 7th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. And this is going to be at Gallery 1904, which is at 1 East Benton, which is the old Aurora Public Library downtown. Um, shout out to the, uh, Viso Arts. For more information, go to visoarts.com. And you know what? They have a... Um, they got an after party, too. Hold on. Let me tell you about the after party. Yes. <laughs> McCarty Mills is having an after party um, for Viso Arts, donating 20% to their 501c3 non-for-profit. So you know what that means, right? That means after the event at 8.30 p.m., so like 8.35, go to McCarty Mills because it's about to be on and popping. Shout out to McCarty Mills. Shout out. Thursday, August 6th, Music in Monday Park with Bill Grady. The show starts at 8 p.m. Shout out to the venue. Uh, Monday Park is the park that's adjacent to the venue where all the nice flowers and the grass, and it's got the little little walkthrough. Takes you back there to City Hall. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. Bill Grady is a, uh Americana artist, so uh, dig out to his smooth tunes. All right. Aurora Public Art, Virtual Summer Programming Keeps Running Along. Uh, the Virtual Summer Programming is brought to, uh, brought to us by the uh, City of Chicago and the Aurora Rotary Club. So, there's a culinary demonstration today, and this has been going on for, I think, like uh, two months now. So, you know, shout out to Aurora Public Art and the City of Aurora and the Rotary Club for putting that on. 
meals for older adults. Uh, the Kane Senior Council and the Kane County Judicial Center, in conjunction with the Sheriff's Office, have partnered to provide meal distribution for adults 60 and older um, who are eligible, which is like literally bringing your ID and uh, a proof of residency through the through a bill or some sort, if I'm not mistaken. <coughs> it doesn't say it on this ad right here. And this came from them, so hello. All right. <laughs> These meals will be distributed by Kane County, or excuse me, at the Kane County Judicial Center, which is at 37 West 777 Route 38 Street, Route 38 Street, excuse me, in St. Charles, Illinois, blah, 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 blah. 60175, enter off of Peck Road. To sign up, you can reach out to Tracy Halunka uh, at 630-812-6775. On the day of pickup, you must maintain a six-foot distance. Mask is required. Um, and during this time, they are there for older adults in the community, even though you are apart. Shout out to the Kane County Judicial Center. Good people. Shout out to Ron Hain. He gave us an interview. It was great. So, shout out. Wickwood House, two-year anniversary tiki party is today, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Shout out to the Wickwood House, which is right in between uh, Treadwell and, and uh, All Spoked Up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good looking out. Because if that was, like, if you didn't, like, that would be on the mic awkward. He doesn't know. Oh. <laughs> no, Treadwell. Shout out to Treadwell and All Spoked Up. Had a little brain fart there on the mic. Uh, and also, First Friday Jam happening at Aurora Tap House with our dear friend of the show, Rogue One, Sam Cervantes, shout out, and Fat Boy. Uh, that's going to be August 7th at 9 p.m. first Friday. Uh, and one more thing I want to give you guys. I'm going to post this. Five things you need to know on the new DHS memo ending DACA as we know it. The administration has put out a new, a new memo, which came out on the 28th, dismantling the DACA program. This comes after the administration ignored the Supreme Court's decision by delaying the acceptance of new DACA applications. There is a quick um, five-point frequently asked questions on what the memo means uh, as opposed to reading it at the moment. We will make sure this gets posted onto our Facebook and Instagram. All right. So that's the news. Now we move to the weather. Oh, we told you about it already. All right. So now let's get into our discussion. Um, so we're going to begin. And first off, Joanna, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us, uh, tell the audience who you are, where you're from. Hi, um, my name is Joanna Sanchez. I'm um, from Mexico City. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Okay. Um, now, <coughs> you graduated from East High. Yes. All right. Yes, so tell us about your uh, educational background and Mecha and everything. So bring oh, us yeah. up to speed. So um, I arrived here around uh, when I was seven years old. So I entered District 131 since then. You know, I graduated 2017. And then I started um, Wobanzi. Um, that's, yeah, 2018, fall of 2018. Um, since then, I, um, I'm studying um, for a biology major hoping to go into like biotechnology okay. hopefully <laughs> um and <clears throat> um i'm sorry i just like sneeze but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i have it that's the beauty of the mic right yeah <laughs> but um but yeah since then um i mecha is a a huge part of i think me finding my voice like it's a student organization that advocates for latinx students um, to um, bring, of course, like resources to the school, but as well advocating for ourselves, for the school to, you know, um, to hear us and what we need. And I think that was a huge part of me finding my, bo uh, my voice as undocumented student mm -hmm. um, because I, I felt, I never really felt my community um, supporting me because I was really reluctant to say my status. And I think finding those people um, finding that safe space to speak of um, what we're struggling, what we're always thinking about, ice, you know, all of these um, things that um, are our daily struggles, but in, and they're in the back of our mind. Um, it was really impactful to to find to find that and be um, what we call machistas. It's you know another form of you know advocating for ourselves, and I think that's. Um, it's real. I don't know, but I think it was a really, really nice thing, you know, to to be part of that. And now I'm president, so I'm hoping to to do more in our school campus. Yeah. 
That's very cool. Very good. Yeah, it's a um, it's a very strong, very strong message. What um, does it stand for, or does it shorten for something? Met- um, yeah, so it stands for. Um, oh my God, let me. <laughs> 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 um, it's not important. Um, ah, I forgot. I seriously forgot. Um, but it's. Uh, let me think of something. Yeah, take your time. Yeah, that's a, I'm telling you, that's the beauty of the mic and not on camera. You know, we can we can do that. You know, um, but improvise. right. Um, I've asked this question before, um, and one of the things that I like is the difference of uh, ideas and opinions. Uh, what's the, to you? What is the what's the strongest value of education? Of education, mm-hmm. I think advocacy. Because I think there is a true value to, um, because going through the the school, you know, the public um, school system, um, you know, we are fed what we're given to, but then you sincerely, when I when I got into college, and one of the things my dad always told me, he's like, um, you can tell yourself you're educated, but a degree is not going to um, be a significance of you being educated. Because being educated, you really have to understand the world and those around you. Hear people's stories, you know, hear their point of view. Because your point of view may be um, just, you know, it's this. I, I think of like a light, right? If you point it somewhere, it's only going to, you know, light in that piece, right. you know. But... Um, but really, really seeing how the world really works and being knowledgeable that you're not always going to know everything and that we are not capable of knowing everything, I think that's a, um, um, being educated mm-hmm. because knowing that you, you won't understand everything and sometimes keeping quiet and listening, I think um, that's the true power of like education. I think you know advocating for others and understanding that um, your point of view is not always going to be correct. Hmm. And you always should be questioning yourself. I think this is a good place to mention that um, one of the people that sparked the Latino studies movement in the 60s and 70s was Dr. Julian Zamora. And there's this memoir about him from the experiences of the students that went through his program. And one of his chapters, one of them talks about how Dr. Zamora always mentioned what it meant to be educado or educada and that translates to being educated, but it has a very different context when you say it in Spanish. Hmm. Being educado, educada, um, or um, in that sense is coming from a place of humility, coming from a place of not knowing everything, questioning everything that's around you, and that's something that he really um, fomented in his students. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't other people that have contributed to the Latino studies movement. It's that he was one of the fathers of it. And to instill this sense of being educado versus being educated, which in English has a very different connotation. It's that it comes with a degree. Yeah. Right. In Spanish, <coughs> it's you are considerate of others. You are learning from other people. And at the same time, you are trying to find who you are. And I think that's a beautiful thing about different languages is that there's this different, um, there's this different type of voice that comes out of different words that we think are the same meaning. Yeah, yeah. yeah there is a uh, I I'll say that there is a definite strong, <coughs> concise, appropriate, like poetry to the language when you use it in its native you know native tongue rather yeah. to say certain things and phrases. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, so why Aurora? Why did your parents choose Aurora? Do you guys have family? Or are there job opportunities here? Yeah, so um, we moved in um, with my mom's family. Yeah. They were the only ones. Um, well, yeah, they really were the ones helping my parents, and they were like, you know, we'll, we'll help you out. My dad was actually the first one who migrated. Um, he was the only one who, you know, the, the plan wasn't that we were going to come over, but... Um, my mom told me that she was really, really um, concerned about me just because um, in Mexico, you know, I was going, I was, I had a really, really strong relationship with my dad when I was younger, and I still do now, um, but um, I was really depressed, like, my grades dropped so drastically, and I really don't remember back to it, because I think I just, um, 
erase that from my memory. But yeah, she was really concerned, and that's when they made the decision that um, to migrate over here. And we came with um, my mom's family. Um, and they really did help us, you know, for my parents to find a job, you know, just teach us around what Aurora was. Um, that's a question I was going to ask. And I asked it to every guest. Uh, what was the impact? What impact did your dad have in your life growing up? My dad? <clears throat> I mean, I, I'll focus on the good. <laughs> um, but I think my dad impacted me. He really... Because he's um, dealt with depression since I can remember. And that was something that I felt in some way, because he sometimes couldn't be there emotionally. And I felt so wronged because of that, because of my dad. But I never understood. Like, he made me really understand and, and see life in a different way you know, dealing with depression, you know, but still being a dad where he ch had to be there for me, for my mom. And um, and now he's changed a lot. Like, he started reading a lot of books and stuff. And he made me see that, you know, people, if they put the effort, like, they can definitely change. Hmm. I think my, my, um, my relationship with my dad is really strong now than before. Um, <clears throat> It was a roughy, uh, really rough relationship I had with him um, around when I uh, migrated over here. But uh, he really made, like, he really makes me um, understand life now in his perspective as a dad. And um, I really enjoy um, talking with him. Like, we have five-hour <laughs> talks. It just goes and prolongs because he has a lot of information and a lot of stories and I love learning about it because he tells me about my grandpa, their story, and I think there's a lot of po um, a power in knowing your roots. Yeah. Well said. Definitely. Yeah. <coughs> so, being born in Mexico City yeah. and now being here, what does being American mean to you? Oh, that's a heavy one. Um, <laughs> Um, the time is now 8.28 a.m. and you're listening to the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Good morning, Aurora. Mm. I think it means something. I think everybody's different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's got their own yes. Yes. what it means to yep. be yep. right here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm really, um, I feel like American has a racist ideal behind it. Um, because if you think about it, um, we sometimes ask, like, why do minorities really uphold their culture? You know, why do they are so proud of it, even though they're in America? But if you see a person of color, we, we think about the melting pot, right? A right. lot of people come from Europe, <clears throat> and then they're um, over generations. They lose their culture. They lose their language. And now they're categor um, categorized as white. You know, they fit into the, to the mold of who is American. But us, as minorities of color... Um, we don't fit the mold. And I think <clears throat> that's why um, it's hard for me to say I'm American, but if you see my grandparents or if I talk to them, they're like, oh, no, you have a really Americanized, you know, ideals. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I, I can't believe that, right? Because, you know, I'm really proud of my culture. I'm really proud of, you know, being Mexicana. But um, it's heavy because I think... Um, as being um, an immigrant coming to this country, being uh, I try my best to lose my, my accent. I try my best to repress my culture just because I wanted to um, fit that mold of being Americanized. And I think even other minorities have this thing about code switching. I don't know if you guys have it as well, but um, I know, <clears throat> um, you know, we, we speak a certain way with, a white group of individuals when we speak a certain way with, with people, you know, who are mm -hmm. raised, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have that, but I do. Like, um, I speak a lot of Spanglish when I'm with my friends. Um, but when it's like, an you know, when I'm at school or something like that, when it's a public place, um, I, I try my best to, you know, act differently, you know, because um, since school arts, one of the teachers that really, really impacted me, um, that made me question a lot of who I was, um, she was telling me, you know, 
she pretty much told us if you don't do our ways like go back to where you came from so that really impacted me because nobody you know nobody said anything and we were just kids but since then that really impacted me and i'm like i, I won't fit in if i if i do my you know if i'm too brown yeah if i'm too brown i think that's so interesting because you know like <clears throat> i'm salvadoreña so and um unlike joanna's status doesn't affect me because i was born here but i still come from a mixed status family so meaning that at least one someone in the household is uh not doesn't have citizenship and so my dad naturalized my mom is a permanent resident but at the same time you know you think about the different implications of um the idea of assimilation or acculturation and the two have different meanings in that assimilation means you are essentially shedding yourself of everything that you your family is about your heritage um, what it means to for me to be salvadoreña um, those aren't things that i grew up with and for me it's a different take because um, we share a border with mexico and so they are the one of they are the largest um, a group of Latinx ethnicity because we're not a race. We are definitely very different in that context. Um, so for me, it was more the experience of my parents not only shedding themselves of their um, own um, dialect, also shedding themselves of what it means to be from El Salvador. So they essentially assimilated themselves, one, to U.S. culture and two to Mexican dialect mm. because they didn't want people to know that they were from El Salvador because there's this um, history of violence against Central Americans <coughs> that's perpetuated by Mexico. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, right? Because you'd think that we'd all be in the same um, you boat. Would <laughs> you would think. That's you would the, think so. But that's interesting that's about ethnicities and all kinds of different so, things. Yeah. yeah, and so I didn't really, I wasn't privy to accessing um, where my parents are from <laughs> or their culture or dialect um, because of this notion of um, Mexicanidad. So yeah. you're how Mexican you are. Yeah. So basically, they went from um, trying to assimilate to two different cultures, mm -hmm. the languages, and um, I've had to learn what it means to be Salvadoreña on my own. So I don't really feel, I don't feel American despite me being born here because I just, I've learned so much about the um, anti-black, anti-brown nature of policies that were set up from the beginning to not benefit us. And, and I think about the history of U.S. intervention in El Salvador, yes. and it's even to this day, they do train their, the, the U.S. trains the Salvadoran police to be yes. violent, especially as it relates to um, the... Um, one of the most well-known gangs, the Mara Salvatucha, the MS-13. And the MS-13 came out of them immigrating to C California, mm -hmm. being treated as criminals, deporting them back to their country, and their own country essentially not giving them the resources to um, re rehabilitate, essentially. Um, the interested listener can watch a wonderful documentary, which is an interview with uh, Philip Agee, who was CIA station chief in the 1960s and 70s, uh, responsible for activities in El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, war crimes like candy. Anyway, uh, I just wanna throw that out there because we love history on this show and that mm -hmm. is, I mean, you gotta know what's happening out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's horrible. It is? No, it is. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting, though, that you brought that up, too, because I'm probably from <laughs> that group where my ancestors came from more European countries. And as I was doing some research, like, on ancestry and trying to find, like, the census data, um, you can see where everything changed. You know, the names changed, the last names changed, and they were just trying to shed that identity, you know, to come here and fit, fit in. Mm -hmm. um, and it just evolved from there. So that's great. Uh, Joanna, tell us about the Sideline Project. 
Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, the Silent Project, we initiated that um, for students. So we're college students, but um, essentially we saw that sometimes we have to fight with our own institutions to bring light to our issues and issues of minority students. And when you say our own institutions, the school districts, schools and that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, colleges and stuff right. like that, um, wherever we attend. Um, and, you know, we, we had, we saw those issues and we connected and we talked about our high school experience, right? Our college experience and how, um, how much diligence you have to put for you to advocate for, for yourself, right? And institutions and, you know, ask them to put you on the curriculum and they're not willing to do it, you know, and then you see a lot of um, a lot of um, you know pushback from them, and we were like, why don't we um, try to do something? Why don't we bring some of the resources, um, you know, people that we know, um, to help students and inspire them to you know to tell them that it's not so scary to go into you know higher education, and um, it branched out of you know us um, advocating for ourselves, right? and being like, I think we need something like this for our community because we see that in other communities but not for not given to us. So we wanted to do something and, um, and that's why we did our first conference. Um, and from that stemmed a lot of that, but I think we really saw that education is more broader and um, now we're doing you know, more things for undocumented students. Um, you know, educating ourselves, of course, um, and that's why we <laughs> brought along Sandra, um, because she's really involved and she's really knowledgeable, and I'm oh. really thankful for her. <laughs> she is knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting over here going yeah. like, wow. <laughs> no, she is knowledgeable. Um, Sandra really gave us a lot of knowledge, but we took part, and I watched as much as I could of a, of a um, presentation that her team, the rapper response team, yeah. had with the professor on the, the anti-blackness oh, um, yes. uh, video is really good. Yeah. And Sandra has a, a wealth of knowledge, so oh, you know, it's good to... I'm, I'm, it's still, good to, I'm still learning. It's an ever-evolving process of yeah. learning and learning. So, But I, I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, the thing that, that interests me, though, which is why I also reached out to you, though, because um, you know I have a lot of friends who are Muslim and things like that. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're from Egypt and uh, have friends from Pakistan, Somalia. DACA affects more people yeah. than people really understand. In, in the news and some of the media where there's a, a definite uh, anti-Latin, anti-Hispanic bent to it yeah. and all that rhetoric, um, within that same ugliness of rhetoric about uh, DACA recipients are people from all kinds of places to which those constraints you know, are there for them too. So, and yeah. I think that, uh, like, they're like people from Eritrea and all kinds of places, you Europe. know. So, yeah. um, <laughs> some of the things that the administration has done to yeah. uh, curb those efforts has been really negative to a whole lot of people. Yeah, I think, um, you know, talking about DACA, you know, a lot of people, I think we were talking about this yesterday, yeah. um, and it does hit home because um, I have friends who weren't able to. Um, you know, to send their application for DACA or weren't eligible for DACA. And I think um, a lot of people think like, oh, all undocumented students are under the protection of DACA, but it, that is not true. A lot of people were left out. It was only a group of people that were able to apply for DACA. And I always put myself as undocumented um, individual, but I am under the protection of DACA, which now they want to do it yearly. And it's horrible to hear that because we have to pay each year and we have to find the means to pay um, to stay in this country, yeah. um, work. It costs four ninety five plus the $5 shipping, so $500 yeah. every and year. Every, now well, we're going to stick with two years. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure what the timeline was, but I was like, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, all this money that we talk about, um, you know, and it can go up from, like, $1,000 because sometimes people um, – you know, look for uh, a lawyer so they can fill out the paperwork. You know, there is places that do it for free, but not everybody has the resources or the time to go. And um, and I guess a lot of people, you know, correlate DACA 
to um, you know Latinx students, and that is so not true. Um, if you look back um, in like 2017, 2018, if you see like the 18, um, 800,000 students, you know, who were still under, under protection of DACA, um, you can see a lot of other countries, European countries, Asian countries, Middle right. Eastern countries, right. and mm -hmm. and the yeah, there is a big percentage that comes from Latin America just because we're you know right next mm -hmm. to the border, right? And uh. you think about who really advocated for some pathway to citizenship for undocumented students. That wasn't started out of the Latinx community. It was started out of the Asian community, right. um, largely um, Korean and Southeast Asian students. Um, and they were the ones that really were in the ear of President Obama at that time, in 2012, 2013. And so you think about just some of the things that aren't demonstrated in the media, you have yeah. to fish for. Right. Um, and there's a much, there is a movement for visibility of undocumented Asian students, undocumented um, black students. Yes. Um, and even just the other day, we learned that those that are greatly impacted by some of the policies, including DACA, or even um, people who are trying to migrate to the U.S., 40% um, of the people that are um, affected by some of the policies at the border, they're Haitian. Right. And so that's another thing that people need to know is that this isn't just a um, Latinx issue, this isn't just an Asian issue, it's affecting even some of the people that, you know, we talk about anti-blackness, we're also talking about the immigration policies that are also perpetuating this, this racism. Yeah. And we have to look at beyond just Latin America, it's also about, as you mentioned, um, Middle Eastern students, um, who are who some of them do have DACA, but then you think about um, at the inception of this administration, they were already not um, favorable with him. With the seven countries that were banned from traveling back and forth, right. that's yeah. already adding to the existing pressure behind some of the uh, racist policies that are in place. So it's definitely DACA is. Yes, in the media, it's shown to be a Latinx issue, but it's so much bigger than that. And we have to consider who really um, initiated that movement for yeah. some form of protection. And that's not really what they were advocating for. It just happened that o President Obama signed an executive order for DACA. The bigger plan was, how can we reform this issue? Hmm. Yeah, and I think um, back when <coughs> DACA was approved, within that time frame, um, they wanted to pass something for parents. And it didn't pass, unfortunately. And I remember being so hopeful. You see the fight, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. you see the people who are responsible for like killing and nixing these, uh, <laughs> some of the initiatives, mm -hmm. you see them fight tooth and nail. To It seemed to me, the outsider watching it, it seems so cruel and petty and evil, like, wow, Mr. Yeah. Senator or Mr. Congressman, you know, like, to nitpick, I mean, for heaven's sake, these people are dying on the hill of not yeah. letting your mom stay in the country after fleeing violence from another. I mean, it's just absolutely, it's crazy what they'll do to, to capsize it. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I think you have a great point because, um, you know, being in the other side where all these policies are being implemented and it affects you. Um, and of course, a lot of it is implemented with fear, right? Um, and it, it does provide fear to our community. That's why, you know, a lot of our parents, you know, coming from, you know, coming from a different country and seeing the corruption and stuff like that, we come with those ideals that, you know, um, the law over here is, it's, it's not, you know, it's not treating them well um, also. And, you know, but we have to as well think about how does undocumented um, individuals in our community actually help a lot in our community because talking about tax a lot of people I, I remember <laughs> being interviewed before and they're like oh you guys don't pay taxes or whatever and I'm like no we do like I'm a DACA recipient I do work you know a lot of other people you know undocumented people work we pay our taxes and we're you know tax us sometimes even more and our parents some people don't know that they can still you know do their taxes yearly but where do all those taxes go with people that don't know 
you know, that they can claim their taxes at the end of the year. And um, you don't benefit from it. And we don't right. benefit. It doesn't, it doesn't go into a source of social security for them yeah. because, one, they don't, I mean, when you're undocumented, you don't have a social security yeah. number unless you are a recipient of DACA. However, that's also at another place of contention, right? Yes. Because what is going to happen if this administration continues to their pursuit of targeting this um, program? Yeah. Because... One, they're assigned a social security number for work purposes. Mm -hmm. But what happens if they do end up um, terminating the program altogether? That's a question that prior to the Supreme Court hearing, a lot of people are concerned because they've given their information. They're now in the system um, publicly. And so for anyone else to see, and so you think about that and where does it all go? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I, I heard, like, a lot of people don't know that DACA recipients, it's just, it protects you, <laughs> um, you know, from being deported um, every two, two years, as of now, hopefully, it keeps going for two years, um, and also, like, we don't get any fi- uh, federal financial aid, we don't get any assistance, Medicaid, it's not given to us, do we put money into Medicaid? We do, Medicaid, everything, and I'm like, okay, so if we put, you know, you guys are profiting off of, you know, us working here. And, um, you know, and it doesn't end on DACA. Like, I think all DACA recipients, um, I cannot speak for all of them, but I feel like um, from a lot of them that I've met, we're not only advocating for ourselves, but we're advocating for the whole undocumented community. Right. Yeah, it's not only about us because I feel... Certainly, not the individual. Yeah, not the individual, but... um, you know, I think my parents dreamt of something better for me. And I think they, with their dream, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Because of them, I'm here. And I don't want to leave them, you know. I, I, I care for them, and I'm always looking out for them. And it hurts me because, you know, I work um, a full-time job, and I get paid even more than my dad that works double as hard in, you know, in a warehouse. And I'm like, uh, you know, how can this be, you know? And... It's that sometimes imposter syndrome, you know, that kicks in. But um, I see him struggling, you know, when, you know, my mom or my dad are are sick. I'm like, you guys, you know, um, give so much, but yet you guys don't get anything, you know. And and it hurts. It really does. Some people, that's the American dream, though, right? There is no American dream. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you really consider what does that mean, it's a false it's a false narrative which is know? why I brought it up I mean you mentioned what, <laughs> what's been said to you in interview. I've, I've heard people I've heard people say that you know I've heard people say that I've worked at a I worked at a factory once upon a time in my life up in Elk Grove Village right yeah. huge immigrant population I mean it was stark in the office where the air conditioning was mm-hmm. everybody was one demographic mm-hmm. and damn near one gender literally when you open the door to the plant it was the United Nations. I mean, you had Bangladeshi, you had all kinds of people, and I would talk to, you know, some of the, you know, other white people and everything. Like, well, hey, man, you know, I mean, that, they got laws and things to do not to lose a finger. Mm-hmm. You know, you, your arm might get tore off, but you know, the protections and all that. And it's like, yeah. well, they can make more here doing it than they can in East Timor. Yeah. You know, and it's like. That's the most callous shit I've heard all day. Like, the, <laughs> the balls to say something so outrageously callous. Yeah. And this guy's over here at the water cooler doesn't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It was just... So when you talk about your dad working in a factory, like, especially that kind of mentality and that kind of work, like, it's sad, man. It's sad, yo. It's like, that shit is crazy. You know, that I was born here, but I'm working with a guy who is, like, who's not born here. You know what I'm saying? And he's doing good for himself and his family, but it's like, little does he know, our supervisor could give a shit about him. If yeah. he dropped dead on this production floor, making this hydraulic press right now, he would be replaced with somebody else just that quick. And the guy who's doing the replacing thinks he should be thanking him for the chance to die in this factory. That's absolutely insane. I didn't mean to rant. The time is now. Hold on, what time is it? <laughs> no. The time is now no, 8.50 yeah. a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora. But, yeah, social justice is what it's all about, you know, <laughs> amongst other things. Uh, 
Yeah, you'd mentioned the conferences that you're doing with um, your organization. Yeah. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so um, we're planning a, it's a yearly conference that we do. Um, we actually just started like last year. So <laughs> we're pretty small, but you know, we're working at it. Um, because we're finding, you know, more resources for like undocumented students in a way for us to educate our community. Um, because, you know, one of the biggest issues, you know, we've seen um, at the moment is like the anti-blackness. And I, you know, why do we need to support, you know, um, the black uh, movement? And we need to start educating our parents, you know, and and it's hard to educate your parents, you know, because they have this perspective and the things they see in the news, you know, and stuff like this. Um, but yeah, the conference is really about, you know, last year uh, the conference was about uh, rompiendo barreras, you know, Latinx in higher education. So we had a panel of um, Latinx people, you know, who are in different, um, you know, we have engineers, we had um, different types of people that are in different areas in the educational field, um, just to show some type of representation and that they're doing it to inspire others, um, you know, because, uh, you know, being unrepresented, you know, being um, a minority and being unrepresented, you know, being a doctor, and anything really in a, a lot of fields, um, sometimes you cannot see yourself in those positions. Um, and we try to give light that, yes, we can do it, you know, um, and yeah, that's, that's really um, what we're trying to do to educate people and inspire them, that just giving them like, si se puede, motivation. Yes, I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I learned what that means after seeing it for so long. It looks so powerful. In, in art, and a lot of artwork represented, it's very powerful. Yeah. I'm like, man, it looks, I don't know what the hell it says, but yo, that looks, mm. it, sounded, it sounded good. I, I'm, with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with it, yeah, yeah, I'm with it. does it not mean, come though? from uh, Obama. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Who are some of your role models or influencers now? Um, I think one of my role models, um, um, of, well, number one is my mom. She's a hardworking woman. Um, she's been through a lot. I mean, she started working since she was 13 years old. And um, I'm really inspired by her because even though being un uneducated and stuff, um, she's always shown so much humbleness and I don't even know if humbleness is the word, but um, but she's always been humble. Um, with um, with yeah, she's shown me um, a different light of, of the world. Um, she's still you know, es una luchona. She's like a fighter, and I'm really really grateful that she's my mom. I mean, she was diagnosed I believe around three years ago with schizophrenia, and that was such a a different thing, you know, it turned our, our life 180 degrees. Um, but she's still fighting for herself and fighting for our family. And I just can't believe that she's my mom. Um, but she's shown me a lot and I'm really grateful for her. And um, she's my number one role model. But Shout out to the moms out there. Yeah. Moms, <laughs> moms it's your day. <laughs> um, my other role model, I think, with um, advocacy and stuff, um, it's Uli. Oh, I knew oh. you were gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shout um, out to Uli. Yeah. So, Uli verse. Yeah, Uli verse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Hello, husky. <laughs> <laughs> but he showed me um, a lot um, of my community that I I didn't see before. He kind of uncovered. Um, what their reality of advocacy means and um, going through that transition of um, going into you know high school from college and still dealing with family you know issues with my mom you know being diagnosed um, it was so so um, consuming because I was you know a lot of the time I was home you know trying to care for my mom care for my little brother at the same time and it was so so hard but um, <clears throat> he was showing me a different light. He was telling me about resources. And I never um, had the privilege to tell somebody and be freely um, spoken about my undocumented, you know, my status, um, talking about, you know, the issues that went home. And he's a counselor, so he, he was willing to hear everything. And um, he's taught me a lot. Um, and I'm so grateful that I found him on my first semester at Wabanzi. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I looked up Mecha. 
Yes. It's the Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Azatlan. Y'all never heard Spanish that good. Never, <laughs> never have you heard Spanish that good. You're not hearing it from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the time is now uh, 8.55 a.m. You had another question, right? Did you have another for uh, Joanna? I, I could ask her questions oh. all day. Because uh, <laughs> I got one more I want to ask her, but... Uh. Um, well, I guess the, kind of what came to mind, so it was, it was so nice to hear all the things that you said about your mom. Yeah. So, looking ahead, what do you want to be known for? Your daughter sitting on the couch, how is she describing you? Oh, wow. Well, you came deep today. Yeah. Let me get that notebook. You came deep today. <laughs> um, first, I want, um, if I do have kids in the future, um, or adopted kids, because most likely <laughs> that's my route, but um, I want them to um, be proud that, um, we keep our roots alive. We keep our ancestors alive. Um, it, it is a hard question. Wow. <laughs> but I want her, um, I want whoever, you know, my kids are, I want them to be proud that, um, I stopped a cycle, right? We, we talk about, um, Latinx issues, uh, within our family, like, you know, machismo, um, all these issues that, you know, you know, education, you know, I want to, I do want to get that degree and go to with my, go for my master's degree, you know, I want to end that um, cycle of, you know, not being educated, I'm not saying that um, not having a degree means, um, yes, that because there are some people that have degrees, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, right, no. I mean, they got, we just, well, we just saw it in the news, right, yeah, you got, you got a man, you got the man who for the last 50 years of his life has been dedicated to understanding infections, yeah. virology, why it happens, how can we mitigate the fallout to humanity. And yet, he, I mean, he's got more degrees than a thermometer. <laughs> yeah. and, you, and then you got aliens and, and the demons. You know who I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Oh, there's already a cure. I mean, we're seeing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're seeing educated people believing in the demon nebulous lady. I mean. Yeah. And I think. Um, maybe I this want... is the end of the world. Uh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> but I want. End there. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But I think. Yeah. No, that's a family show. I'm not going to. Yeah. We're a lot more positive than that. <laughs> for you to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For you guys just tuning in. This is a lot more positive show than that. Yeah. But yeah, I want them to just be proud that, uh -huh. um, you know, to voice out their opinion. I, I want them to, of course, have a different type of life that I've left, but I also want them to still acknowledge, you know, where they are from, you know, right. what their source is. And of course, um, I want them to, to be humble and be passionate about having compassion for others. That's what I see. Like, I feel, you know, I want them to, um, what I, my teachings to go on with them right. and be taught somewhere else. Um, I think that's, I like that. yeah. Because I, I have teachings from my grandparents, I have teachings from my parents, and I want, you know, and I want to share them with everybody. My dad has to say, he says, like, um, add value to individuals. Don't ever take value from others. Word up. That's yes. right. And I Feeling think, that. Yeah. Feeling so that. every place I go, I try to have that um, in front of me. How can I add value to individuals, not take away from them? And... Um, that's a yeah. So I I think I live with that because it, it it's really close to my heart and I want them to have that same value. Right. So I want them to you know that's have real those values. Yeah, lift people up, make them feel good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pass them the ball. You know, you don't have to take the shot, send it to them. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. those metaphors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. So the time is now eight fifty nine a.m. Um, we on the show. We like to leave off on a positive note. Um, this is our 11th season uh, doing wow. this. Yeah, so we're like, um, you know, this season's our Monday through Friday. Um, and That's a short season. It is a short season. <laughs> so we got 11 of them. <laughs> we're coming out with the box collection, y'all. Um, but, you know, uh, we, so doing this show, um, to your dad's point and what you just talked about, yeah. we literally try to 
give other people a voice and we 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 it's it's not about us yeah. it's about other people it's yes. about the people of aurora and aurora's aurora is full of a whole lot of people with a whole lot of stories mm -hmm. and um i want to give two shout outs right now to two uh friends of the show and listeners um vanessa and tracy um who are regular listeners to our show and it's people like that that we try to you know speak for people could get scripted daily whatever from a whole lot of different places mm -hmm. but for the people who listen to us and who like to hear what's local and going on and you know places you can go to and touch cotton seed crystal house east Aurora high school whatever you know those <laughs> those literal on the ground voices uh you know we're glad to be able to provide that for them and we're trying to do good shows all the time so yeah we got 11 seasons you know stay tuned y'all stay tuned <laughs> I've been wanting to say that ever since I was a kid. Stay tuned. We can do that. Um, but let's leave on a positive note. Uh, what's something that the people should take with them going into the weekend? Um, I would like them to take, you know, to add posi a positivity to other individuals, but also um, speak your voice. And if you can vote, vote, <laughs> um, you know, register to vote because all the undocumented, if you are an alley, um, all the undocumented um, individuals are, you know, hoping that you vote for, mm -hmm. you know, and because we can't, you know. So if you have that right and then you have that choice, um, exercise, exercise, do that, it, yeah. do that ish, do that yeah. ish. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a positive note to end on. I think, what are we like? 97 days. 97 days, yeah, 97 days to election and... Right. I yes, this it's really important. It's important what's going on, and I think that if we have that privilege to exercise our right to vote, then you should. And I think that um, before you do anything, always make sure to um, provide, learn about the accurate information, and also yes. provide it. And I know that for some reason people politicize the word accurate right and yeah. this is a day and age where a lot of words are, are just politicized for that reason yeah. but yeah. i think that that's something to acknowledge you know the power of educating yourself um i know that that's not something that everyone ha is privy to but if you are then you know just go to different websites try to fact check everything um, and then just, you know, enjoying the weekend. I know it's supposed to rain, but, you know, if you are able to at least spend some time on, like, something that makes you feel good, then I think that's uh, the best for everyone, too. A mental health note. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from Good Morning Aurora to all of you out there, we hope you have a safe, blessed, powerful weekend. Um, tune in Monday morning at 8 a.m. to the uh, second largest cities first. Let me do that one. Is this season 12? Yeah, that'll be <laughs> season 12. Tune in Monday at 8 a.m. to the second largest cities first daily news podcast. And thank you to our, our listeners and all of our friends and supporters. And we'll see you back here Monday. We out. <laughs>